Okay. Officially too many meetings in one day, I think on my Zoom account and it wanted to shut everything down, but I am here and I'm ready to rock for you guys. Man, I know you go beast mode. I know you are a busy man with um, companies to run. So thank you all. Thank you for being here. And thank you all for being here uh, with us today. Today, we have a very special guest, Justin Konico from Ontario. Uh, Justin, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. I've been following your TikToks and watching your journey for some time too. So I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. Um, I want to get right into it. But um, for everybody knows you as a rock star already. But do tell us how you got started. Sure. And what was your journey like? Yeah, so I was in marketing and advertising. Um, I was in hospitality as well. I'd moved from Montreal to London, Ontario, which is the market that I work in. Worked for a gentleman named Mike Smith, did every job in the company that you can imagine. So I was a bouncer, a DJ, a barback, a supervisor, and then I was in management. And then I ran all of the marketing and advertising for all of his companies. I created a job for myself. Um, he had a really cool, dynamic group of companies, but nobody spearheading marketing. And there was a lot of money coming in from the large companies and just not being distributed properly and implemented um, in terms of activations, there were two restaurants that were actually struggling as well from a branding perspective. Mm. And Mike was really cool. Let me run with the companies and act like I own them. So what I did was for, I worked with him for 10 years. Um, I would go in, I'd see what the issues were with the company. I would take a step back, you know, build a plan of how we were going to reposition the asset. And then I'd go in and I'd work with the staff and the team to implement it, review, kind of just keep changing, right? Something that mm -hmm. uh, almost like, functional project management, if you want to call it that, or adaptive project management. You create a prototype, go in and try it, come back and ideate. My wife actually was an MBA from the Richard Ivey School of Business, ran a consulting company in Yorkville. She was a dealer principal. Her um, parents have an automotive dealership, but she always wanted to do her own thing. And she kept pushing real estate. I fought her tooth and nail because I had a great job. And I never saw myself as an agent. I just felt like every agent was the same, right? I'm like, set up right. a portal. You know, I pick my own house. They open the door, they get paid and they don't offer much in terms of sale. They all just put a sign up lowest price and the market sets the price. Yes, she sure. came up with the idea of creating a consulting company that happens to be specialists in real estate. So that got my wow. interest. Um, got licensed in 2012. We worked for a big national for two years. I was in the mm. commercial division. She was res. Wow. And then we formed our company company in 2015. Um, it was called Grogan Conical Real Estate Brokerage, and it was me and her, an assistant, and then one agent. And I worked out of a tiny little office, just one foot in front wow. of the other. And yeah, we we built the organization to what it is today um, and took us about yeah seven years now to get where we're at. Um, now we do everything. We're residential, commercial investments, agriculture. We do new mm. development. We do recreational properties. I have teams and silos for the different things, and we cover Kitchener to Sarnia, Lake Erie to Lake Huron, um, mm. and we're not a sales mm. office, so we don't recruit. I've turned away probably 35 people in the last year and a half um, because we're very dialed in on what we are. Mm -hmm. And then the media branch came via need. So we built our company with content production. So I was just putting out a ton of money towards content production and doing it myself. Ultimately hired a creative director, graphic designer, producer, and everything to form a production company and a media agency. So that's all under like the prime group of companies. Right. Then there's prime real estate, prime media productions and prime media agency. So that's the long and skinny of it. Oh man, that's great. Uh, so you, you've been through the grind, you know, you worked for somebody, you built up his company and then your wife was actually really passionate about real estate. That's how you got into it. And I want to touch on this a little bit because I, I just listened to your podcast with Dustin Brom 
And uh, great, great episode, by the way. Um, you're different. You said um, you're a consulting company that mm-hmm. happens to be in real estate. So I do want to get right into it where um, how are you different in, in selling a property or, or conducting real, the real estate business than other real estate companies or realtors? Well, I'd say from companies' perspectives, completely different, right? Because I'm not in the business of advertising Mm. to hire agents. I don't recruit. I don't have a pitch. When agents get licensed and they come out of Humber and they call me, it's a very different conversation than I'd say 99% of the brokerages out there that typically the agent is interviewing the brokerage, not vice versa. Um, we're We're very different from the standpoint that it's has to do with, can I actually give that agent the business to support them? Am I able to give them the time to mentor them? And is there a proper culture fit? And it doesn't have to be that everybody's a fit for prime and prime's a fit for everybody. Mm -hmm. I want the right people that fit the culture. If you have a scarcity mindset and you're jealous of other people's success and you're not willing to put in the work, we're probably not a place for you. But if you are somebody that's willing to put in the work and you're looking to do real estate as a vehicle to create relationships, thus creating wealth, that's kind of our end game, but we got really clear on our core values and what we are, right? So I, I think that's the main difference from a brokerage level perspective. The other thing is our brokerage is I consider a platform mm-hmm. for our agents. And here's the conversation that most agents have when they're looking for a brokerage. They're just looking at the splits, right? Yeah. We look at, well, what puts more money in the agent's pocket. No different than if I'm discussing commissions with a seller, a seller can go with a cheaper agent. Actually, a seller can put a sign on the front lawn. They can pay no commission. But if they pay me a commission and I can net them more money, they'll go with Mm. that every day if I can show them the path. You know, I had a discussion with Shannon. We gave out almost a million dollars in referrals to our agents directly in-house at Prime last year. Wow. And there's only 20 active agents. The rest is salaried staff, but our average agent is very high producing. Mm. So that usually gets people's attention, right? Because I pay my agents to work at prime. They can look at the splits however they want. If they do a net effective calculation, Mm. I'm paying them to be with me because in another world, Justin can be like every other agent and just try to be the number one agent in the number one market. I hire a showing assistant, a transaction coordinator, and maybe a marketing assistant. And I do all of those sales myself. I keep more money I make more money, but I'm far more lonely. So I think that's another way that we're very different is I'm actually in production, generating a lot of business that I use to help the team level up in the niches that they're actually in. Um, And then again, I think that the production and the agency side of the business, I I haven't seen another brokerage that's doing what we're doing um, in that capacity. And some of those things I keep in house for the agents exclusively, and we don't actually tell anybody or work with anybody else in the real estate industry. It's just one of our competitive advantages, right? Absolutely. Wow. So you're creating a lot of value for agents and guys, it's just like creating value for your sellers. A lot of times they think about splits in the brokerage sense or, you know, in selling a piece of real estate, they talk about commission, but at the end of the day, everybody just wants to net the most money, including agents. Yep. And so Justin is creating that culture where, you know, they're actually interviewing agents. I, I really, really like that. We're not just, you're not just out there recruiting anybody and everybody that has a pulse. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good point from the standpoint. And like I said, my energy is a lot for some people, right? Some people don't enjoy the amount of 
training that we do. They don't enjoy the amount of leads that we distribute. They don't have the capacity to actually handle them. They don't know how to convert them. They're not willing to put in the time to, mm-hmm. to learn those habits. And that's okay. Like I know there's some agents out there that just want to play sports and be a socialite and build your business that way. And I think that's totally cool. I think there's amazing new construction people probably in the GTA that they get all their business doing no social media. And that's totally fine. I just think, you know, we're in a world moving forward where the agent brand is going to supersede the brokerage brand. So mm-hmm. how can I position myself to support my agents to do more transactions with less paperwork, to brand them better than anybody can and give them access to a network and a platform that they wouldn't have without me, then actually give them deals. Mm-hmm. Like every agency says, I give leads, right? Or, hey, you come in here and I'll tap you into this lead generation source. You just got to pay X amount of dollars for it. Right. And I laugh because- Internally, I've interviewed tons of people and there's maybe one or two people out of the, I'd say probably 50 to hundred interviews I've done at this point that when I asked them, how many leads did your brokerage give you last year? They're always like zero, 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 zero. Like maybe a realtor.ca lead from another agent or something along those lines. To me, that, that's kind of a false equivalency. And I tell them, don't listen to me because you think I'm just a broker that's telling you we give out leads. Right. Go talk to Jamie, go talk to Victor, go talk to Nathan and tell me how much they got from Prime in terms of actual revenue in their pocket that they would not have had had they not known me. And then deduct that from your cap because again, this is another mistake agents make. I give you a deal. We split it 50-50. You think I just had to give up 50 to Justin. You never had that deal without me. So that 50 that's in your pocket, that's actually should be coming off your splits as a net positive saying, hey, Justin gave me this deal. Awesome. I paid him, say your cap was 30 or 25 or whatever it was. Say you gave me 20 and I gave you 15 commission. You actually cost me 30 grand and I paid you (laughs) $30,000 to be here. Right. So it's just, it's a mindset thing, but some people get it and some don't just like some sellers, you can show them how you're going to sell their house for a hundred grand more, but they can't wrap their head around but this guy will do it for 4% or you're whatever. I won't talk percentages, but people will argue about 1% on a deal and want to save 10 grand yet. They'll leave a hundred on the table because they didn't have the right system. Right. Wow. So you're providing a, a really great service to the agents. You're actually giving them deals. You're paying them to be at the brokerage. And that's why you're very careful. You're not just recruiting anybody and everybody. You're very selective to who you want to collaborate with. So that's amazing, first and foremost. And you know, I know you keep busy on, on this the the prime uh, media company as well. Tell us more about that company. So I actually don't. I don't do anything on the prime okay. media side other than high level ideating because I know the business. Um, my creative director runs that. My graphic designers, my communications officers, they're the ones who run that entire organization. But like I said, they're an internal, I was the creative division and I was the right. agency at one point. I learned to run Facebook ads. You're doing it on TikTok. Like you are your own production company right now. Yeah. I'll use you as an example. Maybe one day you're somebody that hires an intern from a local university or college. They kill it and they take off a big workload of you having to edit those videos and save mm. you 25 hours a week. You devote 25 hours a week to generating business that pays their salary off tenfold. That's essentially what I did. Um, we just formalized it into an actual company. Ah, okay, gotcha. And you, so for agents who join your company, you're also providing that service to them to help them yep. create content. Yeah, so they get like there's a base amount of content that gets done by the company, and if you're okay. in proximity, like if you show up to the office, you get to benefit from the fact that you're in the ecosystem, and you get random things dropped to you and we all know how valuable it is to have a stable of photos and videos that you can share it at a moment's notice. Right. 
Then there's a couple levels up from that, that depending on how hard you're working and what you're working on, we do some things for our agents just as a thank you for them being involved in running specific mm. divisions. And then there's a level above that where say you're so busy that you don't have time to be in the office and in those areas, but you want to do specific types of things. You get prorated services that would cost you significantly more anywhere else um, to do. And you get also the fact that I'm, I'm ideating and creating. So even if you thought, well, I can just hire this little videographer over here and they'll do it for half the price. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the same ideas that you would if you use us internally because I'm in production. I create videos. I'm networking with the top creators on the planet. So that trickles down to the team essentially, right? Wow, that's major uh, value proposition. So they come into the office, they get the basics done in terms of their social media, their content creation. And so they come into your company, they get leads, they get deals, and they get all that production on the back end, all taken care of. Yeah. It's all, like I said, it's all part of the ecosystem and nothing's perfect. Right. So I wouldn't allow anybody to sell a false sense of imagery that it's perfect that, you know, you just walk into the office and you get a stylized shoot and you get 40 images every single month. A lot of it is organic, right? The guys are around, they're always shooting, they're capturing behind the scenes and we're doing different things to make it easy for the agents to access those images. We're putting out vlogs, we're putting out all kinds of things on our YouTube channels that we will feature our agents that we know are building their niches in certain spots but it's a work in progress. And, you know, when we started the production work within prime and where we're at now, I'm sure we're even going to be even further advanced from this conversation next year. So again, we, we do quite a bit in the media space, but the market's moving at a breakneck speed too. So there's always that, that factors in of, you know, finding the right times and moments to focus on the media versus the actual work. Yeah. Uh, Wow, you, you guys do so much uh, on on the creation end. You know, when a seller hires you guys, you're, you're, you're doing a lot for, for the seller. And I want to talk about this a bit. The, the industry is changing. The industry is becoming more tech. And sellers are looking for even more services than, than before. How are you, you know, uh, adapting to that? And, and how will you guys come out on top in this whole thing? the whole industry is changing. Like I said, right. The more I see other models and hear what other agents are doing, the more we're just swimming out to a blue ocean and trying to create something that's completely different. Um, The model, the way we sell, the way we interact with our clients. I think we use technology to our advantage. So we need to understand as an industry that technology wants to take us out of the transaction. And the only way that they can do that is with data. That's the only thing they have over us is Mm. access to data. Consumers don't have access to sold data, but they all know about the third-party apps that you can go on now and you can find sold data. So it's coming. Hasn't really Mm. been here. It has been in the States since like 2012. So now if I'm an agent and my only value to a consumer is setting up a portal or hooking them up to the MLS, now I'm scared. I can tell you the data that we pull from our listings, we have a 5 to 10x reach than realtor.ca on our own listings. Mm. So now I've actually taken the tech and the data out of the equation because when I launch a listing and I can show my client, hey, that listing just had 17,000 views on realtor.ca, brought in 12 leads, check this out. My marketing brought in 40,000 views and 93 leads. Wow. What do you think the consumer's reaction is to that? And that's the reality of it, right? Like that's actually a real stat that I just pulled on a listing last week to show my value to a client. And that's for me is what we're gearing towards is everything I explained to you about the brokerage and the platform. Mm -hmm. 
We are trying to scale people. Mm. Other companies are trying to scale tech, but I promise you every person that I know knows 150 people. And if I scale people, people will win over the tech every single time. And that's what we're betting on. So we're using technology and system solutions for people problems, but we're focusing on the people before the profits. Interesting. So you don't believe that technology will ever take over people in the real estate industry and all together? It'll take over a lot of people. Like 70% of the industry can be gone tomorrow. Like Amazon Mm -hmm. could buy Berkshire Hathaway, you know, put all the agents in a factory and pay them 1% if they wanted to, right? Like if Bezos was like, wow, this is a thing. Like if you really want to go down a wormhole, look at what BlackRock's doing, look what's happening in the States. Like is real estate ownership even going to be a private asset class owned by people in the future? That's a question Mm -hmm. people need to ask themselves, right? So my thoughts are our company, if I rely on tech, eventually I'm wiped off the board. Right. So I, I'm going the other way. I said I'm a contrarian. As much digital as I do, I'm actually looking at more print than I ever have before because I don't want necessarily to rely 100% on tech. We have a great base in it and we have our systems and we're going to continue to grow that. But I also think that the people aspect of our business is the one thing that's undefeated because there's no way that these tech companies or Amazon could come in buy the data, right? They own all the data. Fantastic. Yep. Sold data and everything else as well too. But they don't know the local planner. They don't know the local developers. You know, there, there's a deal that I'm working on right now. I used to be in the restaurant business. The right. agent that's running that new development bumped me to the front of the list because I used to let him pass the line every, every Saturday for like 10 years, right? But that's the reality of how these deals happen. Consumers wow. want access to new development. It's a relationship game. So you can scale the tech all you want. You can't compete with me. Amazon can't compete with me locally because it didn't put in 20 years of building relationships, real relationships that it can leverage. And I think that's where we're headed is use all the tech you want. I got an Oculus. I'm I'm game. I'll be there. I'll know the tech, but I will weaponize the people against the tech all day long. I love that. So guys, you, you, you need to have the tech. Yes. You need to get with the times. You need to you know, increase your, your uh, level of tech in your business. But at the same time, it's the people that win the game in a multiple offer situation. When you're the listing agent, uh, sorry, you're the buyer's agent and you have seven to eight offers, who's going to win at the end of the day, all things being equal. If you know the listing agent, you'll get a leg up and that's the relationship. That's a human part of it. A machine's not going to be able to win in a multiple offer situation against you. Well, here's, here's the crux of it, right? Cause it can be done ethically. Like that agent is going to require some things from me. He's going to require that my buyer be qualified, that all the ducks are up in a row, that it's a clean offer for the builder and that I save them time. So there's a value prop for his seller that he's going to get a very well-qualified buyer and a highly motivated agent to get the deal done versus a shoddy piece of paperwork, just coming through the internet with no idea of who he's selling the property to big difference. Huge difference, huge difference. Uh, I do want to talk about this as well. Um, from your podcast, you talked about um, this is the business where we look at the vision of your life, how you want to build your life, and then build a business around that. And you help your agents do that. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think for myself, I step back every year and I take a look at what do I want to do, right? We own the real estate company. I have my own personal business and we have a production company and say the agency and some other things that we do. 
my week involves my faith first, then my fitness, then my family, then my fun, then my finances. Mm. My family's more important than my fitness. But the reason I, I put that first in the morning is to make sure I'm healthy, to make sure I can protect and take care of them. Uh, but my family's right up there. My finances is the last thing on that list. Wow. So if I look at my schedule and I say, well, I got to take care of my faith, my family, my fitness, my fun. That's the life I want, right? I want to go fishing. I want to go paddle boarding. I want to ride my mm. mountain bike. I want to travel. I want to do a lot of things. I want to eat clean. I want to be cognizant. I want to live a long life for my daughter. These are all things that I've thought about and I put on paper and I fill my calendar with like, how much of this do I want to do on a daily basis? Then I look at how much time I have left for my finances. And I look at where can I put my energy deployment to have the biggest impact? For me, it's being in production because of my ears to the ground. I know negotiations, marketing, and sales better than anybody. I'm building a, a large worldwide network. So if my team's like, I need somebody in Israel, I can call Yogi tomorrow and say, hey, call him. Or I can call Daniel Daggers in the UK. Like real relationships is what I'm building and I'm in production. Um, that's the life I want now, right? I, maybe I'll want this in 10 years. My father-in-law still has, sells cars and crushes wow. it, loves his life. He's so happy. And maybe that's me one day, right? Maybe I'm doing this forever and I'm okay right. with that. I know some people want to get out of production. They want to create reoccurring revenue streams. And I think that's okay too. Yeah. If I did that, I would drive my wife nuts. <laughs> I need to be doing different things every day to satisfy this energy that you're seeing here. Mm -hmm. So that's my why and my path. But I think everybody needs to have the conversation with themselves and look for what life do I want to create and then find solutions to get them there. Oh, absolutely. That, that's beautiful. So really having that vision, uh, what's important in my life, you know, for you, it's faith, it's family, it's health. And then you build your work around that and you actually enjoy your work and you can do this forever. So you got to ask yourselves, guys, what's most important to me? Right. So re really, really think about that. Um, I do want to talk about this as well. You had blown up on Clubhouse. Huh. Talk a little bit about that. Why Clubhouse and why all the social media platforms and should agents be on all those platforms? Again, it's got to speak to who you are as a person, right? You have right. to want to interact with people in that methodology. And Clubhouse was an app that I got last January. I had no idea how to interact on the app. And I just jumped in and I found the right people. Like William Tong was a guy I found on Clubhouse. He kind of showed me how to run rooms and how to network and found a couple spaces. I found the real estate rooms and then I found the entrepreneur rooms. And then I found the YouTube rooms. Ah. The YouTube rooms are interesting too, because I just got a text message from Benji Travis. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's got seven channels, 2 million plus subs, billions of views. Whoa. And he's on my podcast tomorrow. And that came via Clubhouse. I also have wow. a developer meeting right after this call for 15 condo town units. And sorry, no, it's more than 15. It's a $15 million project that I got wow. off doing a speech on Clubhouse. So when people ask me about that and they're like, well, why Clubhouse? Like it doesn't have the same view count as say TikTok does or some of these other yep. platforms. I'm building relationships with it. So for me, <laughs> I'm not there for the vanity metrics. I'm there to build relationships and it's helped me ideate. And everything I just said to you today I'm able to just say it so easily because I've had this conversation a hundred times and that's why I love Clubhouse, but YouTube is actually the big thing that I'm working on right now. So YouTube over everything, probably right. Clubhouse second, and then everything else falls from there. Ah, well, so why, why YouTube for an agent, do you think? Well, it's, I mean... I would caution people that it's getting very busy very quickly um, on YouTube. Everybody's starting to do neighborhood tours and videos and everything as well, ah. too. So you're going to see that trend hitting, but it's making the phone ring. Our phone rings 20 mm. to 30 times a month, strictly off our YouTube channel. And that's not even a big channel. 
Really? Right? Yeah. Wow. And my personal channel has led to a lot of conversations like this and presentations. So, you know, for me, it's, it's a pretty easy why. Um, and also down the road, I heard this Roger Wakefield's a plumber, Dallas, Texas. You can look him up. One of the top plumbers in the area, very, very busy, millions of views on YouTube. He, it's his YouTube channel is a six figure business on its own, probably seven wow. figures up to this point. His main competitor spends half a million dollars on TV advertisements, 25 spots a day. So mm-hmm. think about it this way. One plumber is spending half a million dollars to get the business he has and probably does very well. Another one is being paid by Google to do the same thing. Which guy mm-hmm. do you want to be? Well, I want to net the most money possible. So YouTube's the way to go. It you want YouTube to pay you. You don't want to pay YouTube, right? My objection to that, Justin, is it's hard to do YouTube. What do you say to that? Life's hard, right? Like it's hard to do YouTube if you think of it in short-term gain, right? My, my YouTube strategy is five years. Five right. to seven years is what a lot of the top creators mm-hmm. took. So if you're not willing to commit to that, don't do it. That's fine. If you think real estate's easy and you get in the, the business and you get your license, it's, it's not, right? You, there's no easy button. And I think too many people are running around looking for the easy. TikTok's not easy. Like, how hard is it for you to do what you do? And how many people are like, oh, you know, as you're building, it's not easy, right? It's hard. But as you do it, you start developing a cadence and it gets easier. I would say it's even harder than prospecting in my early days in real estate, TikTok. <laughs> Guys, life is hard. Uh, th- thank you for that. Now, um, if you were to give the audience today, you know, starting off 2022, kick it off the right way, uh, you talk about a lot of uh, accountability and productivity hacks. What are two hacks that you would give the audience today to help us move forward? Easy peasy, batch your stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say mind sweeping and time blocking. So put 30 minutes in your calendar and just brain dump everything that's in your Mm -hmm. head on paper and put it somewhere where you can organize it into categories and Mm -hmm. then put it on your calendar. Everything that's in your calendar, you do. Um, You know, that's for me. I run everything off my calendar. The second is batch your communications. So create a folder on your Google bookmarks bar and put Facebook business suite, put your messenger, put your emails, put everything. And then right click on that folder at 7.30 in the morning and open up all five links and don't do anything else for 30 minutes. That's how you get to inbox zero. That's how you manage your communications and do it 30 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, 30 minutes at night. Don't touch your email throughout the day like everybody does over and over and over because it actually slows you down from everything else you're trying to do. Brain dump for 30 minutes, guys. After we get off the call, put everything down on paper and organize it. Put it on your calendar. If it's not on your calendar, it does not exist. Justin, thank you for today. How can we follow you? How can we subscribe to your uh, YouTube channel? And are you still looking for great agents in your area to join you? I appreciate you, brother. Like I said, we never say no, right? For me, it has a lot to do with the right people and the right fit. And sometimes people will reach out and they are the right fit. And I can't serve them because we're just too busy with some things that we're involved in. So I would say, you know, we are open to conversations. If anybody wants to reach out, we're definitely open to referrals. Um, If you want to reach me, just go to the chat log. I just dropped the link to my daily routine. So my mind blocking, my mind sweeping calendar blocking, I just dropped a link to that video. Um, And you can sub to that channel if you got any value from this. Subscribe to Justin. Um, he's looking for great people. Justin, thank you so much for all the value that you brought today. And uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Have a great 2022, guys. All the Appreciate best. you, brother. Thanks, Everybody follow John as well. And I'll catch you next time, brother. Thank you, brother. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.